Welcome to the Dream Big, My Friend podcast, where you will find all the inspiration you need to begin living a more intentional life today. Because no matter where you are right now in life, it's never too late to dream big, my friend. And now here's your host, Francis Vitakovic. Welcome, my friends, to this episode, which I am seriously so excited about because I'm going to be speaking today about five lessons that I've learned from one of my most favorite books ever. It's called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, who is also one of my favorite authors. He has written the most amazing books. And today I'm going to be sharing the lessons I've learned from one book in particular. Now, if you have never read The Alchemist, I encourage you not just to run but race over to your nearest bookstore to grab yourself a copy, or you can always download it as an ebook to read on your iPad because it is seriously the most amazing life-changing book. It may not look that way when you see because it's a tiny little book, but it is just jam-packed with wisdom. So I was given this book to read as a teenager. It was back in 1993 when the book was first translated into English. So before then, it was published in Portuguese back in 1988. And it's gone on to sell way more than 100 million copies. Now, I think it's close to 150 million copies. And when I say that it like hits the bestsellers list, I don't mean the top 50 or the top 100 books ever sold. It's like up there in the top five. It comes in third behind The Lord of the Rings and The Little Prince. They're all quoted as having approximately 150 million copies. And there's a really good reason why it is up there at the top of that list because it is so fantastic. So I'm going to be sharing with you five lessons that I personally have learned from The Alchemist without giving too much away of the story. So if you haven't read it yet, you're still fine to listen to this because I'm just going to be touching upon the lessons that I've gleaned and gained from it. There's also a good chance that you've probably already read the book yourself, but forgotten some of that wisdom. And if that's the case for you, I promise this episode will be a little bit of a beautiful shit down the memory lane for you because it really does have so much wisdom to offer us. So let's start with lesson number one. Everything happens for a reason. So this book teaches us that when a person really desires something, the whole universe will conspire to help that person realize his dream. So here's a quote from the book itself. To realize one's destiny is a person's only obligation. And when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you achieve it. So that's the whole premise of the book is that everything happens. And when it happens, it happens for a reason. So every experience that you have in life is there to guide you where you need to go. So, so many people freak out when something terrible happens and they spend so much time and energy fighting these battles that they imagine that they're having, these massive obstacles that they wish had never taken place without ever stopping to ask, what is the lesson here for me to learn? What do I have to learn from this experience? Why am I being given this challenge? And how can this challenge teach me something new that I need to know that can help me move forward in life? And what if this is the exact experience that I need to have right now to move forward in life? So this book has definitely encouraged me to think differently about all my experiences in life. So let's just say I might just give some examples. So maybe you didn't get that job because there is a better one waiting for you in the future. Maybe you got stuck in traffic because you were supposed to be 10 minutes late so that your path crosses with some stranger that you were supposed to meet. Maybe you were supposed to avoid an accident. Maybe you fell sick in order to better appreciate your health in the future. Maybe you lost some money in a business venture so that you can learn to think differently about it and it might spur you to work even harder to create a different income stream that wouldn't have happened otherwise if you hadn't lost that money in the first place. Now, I know it's really hard to imagine this. You have to read the book to understand, 
when you see someone else going through it, all those little tiny stepping stones. And every time you think, man, that's terrible. Like, how's he going to recover from that? And it just takes him somewhere better. So when you are reading the book, you start to understand that some of the terrible things that happened to San Diego were the exact catalysts that he needed in order to spur him on to achieve greater success in the future. So maybe just maybe everything is happening exactly as it's supposed to happen in your life right now. And if you quit fighting life's challenges, if you relax into them instead and decide, you know what, this could be exactly what I need right now to grow into the human that I'm supposed to come, maybe your journey will look a little bit different in the future. Maybe there are doors that will open for you in the future that wouldn't have opened if you had to sat there on that, you know, same spot on your couch without getting up. You need to get up and explore and to knock on those doors in order for them to open. And as the book says, when you can't go back, you have to only worry about the best way of moving forward. Which brings us to lesson number two. Failure is definitely a necessary part of the journey. So this is something that I've learned from the alchemist and has definitely proved to be true in my life. Just to give you some examples, here are some great quotes from the book. There is only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve, the fear of failure. The secret of life is to fall down seven times and get up eight times. You need to be prepared to take risk. Failure is just a part of the process. It is failure that makes it possible for you to grow. So some people hear the word failure and they think, oh gosh, no way, I'm going to stay away from that. And they don't just actually fear it. They do anything to avoid it. They will just do anything to stay away from this possibility of experiencing failure. And I think it's because they think failing means that they are a failure, which couldn't be further from the truth. If you don't believe me, I'm just going to give you an explanation. We need to make mistakes in life in order to learn. But when we're young, we don't get taught that mistakes and failure are a really good thing to embrace. They really don't. Like we go to school And they pull out that red pen and they tell us what we've done wrong, but they don't tell us it's like a good thing that we made that mistake. It's like something that we learned to be embarrassed about or we try to avoid. No one wants to get a bad mark in a test at school. No one wants to see an F on their report card. And it's because there isn't any positive reinforcement about that experience happening. We're not always taught that mistakes are just that natural consequence of trying. They don't tell us that failure is is to be expected and to be embraced. There's no special announcement at school that says, Hey guys, don't freak out if you don't go well. You know, that's how we learn and that's how we work out what does and doesn't work. When we're young, we constantly beat ourselves up around our mistakes because they're pointed out to us and in a negative way usually. And that's why you have some kids who label themselves as a failure or as a hopeless case or, oh, it's impossible for me to do that. And that's only because there's never been this positive light shown upon failure when we're young. It really hasn't. But then one day you do get to adulthood and you realize, hang on, making mistakes isn't actually that embarrassing. It's nothing to be anxious or nervous about. It's how I'm supposed to grow. Like, honestly, that is how we grow. And if you haven't learned this before, I encourage you just to listen for a moment because it is so freeing when you know and discover that shock horror, I don't have to be embarrassed or feel anything terrible about making a mistake because that is what we need to do in life in order to take those stepping stones. And we definitely see it in action for San Diego who doesn't question his mistakes or his failures because here's the thing, something good will always come out of every experience and every mistake in our life. The only thing is you have to know that that's the case. If no one tells you that failure is a really good thing to learn from, you won't always discover that on your own. So that's why it's really helpful to teach our kids and to teach it to ourselves is just to understand that mistakes are just a natural part of life. And I mean, I love Napoleon Hill as well, who said every adversity, every failure, every heartache 
carries with it a seed of an equal or greater benefit. So the seed that it carries is of equal or greater benefit. And I would probably like to say that it's usually of greater benefit. The greater the failure, the greater the lesson, but you have to be willing to learn from it. And the truth is you need to embrace failure instead of doing what you can to avoid it because that is how we learn. And mistakes have the power to turn you into something better than you were before. They are proof that you are trying. And in a nutshell, it is always better to fail and learn than to do nothing at all. So this takes me to lesson number three. The act of worrying causes us to suffer more than the suffering itself. Okay, so this is a massive lesson for us to all learn. Just take note of the following quote from the alchemist, which goes as follows. Tell your heart that the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself and that no heart has ever suffered when it goes in search of its dreams because every second of the search is a second's encounter with God and with eternity. So my favorite part of this quote is the first bit. The fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself. I cannot tell you how deep I think that one line is. I mean, all of those terrible things that you constantly imagine happening All the worry and anxiety and stress that comes from your fear of suffering or you simply imagining that it's worst rather than the best is actually worse than experience that emotion itself. Now, I mean, what is the worst thing that can ever happen to you? You might experience a negative emotion. Maybe it's a temporary feeling of embarrassment if you do something wrong or a temporary feeling of discomfort as you step outside your comfort zone. But that's all it is. It's just a fleeting negative emotion that passes in a moment or a few moments, but that's very different from constantly imagining or visualizing an event that hasn't even yet come to pass. I think that humans often forget how resilient we really are. I mean, we can cope with any negative emotion that occurs in real life, probably far better than the constantly imagined negative visualizations we have in our head. So let's just say, for example, that you're scared of public speaking. That moment of fear might last two to three minutes max while you're doing your speech. And then after that, it's over. It's over, right? Okay, so all of that fear's disappeared. And you'll start to realize that you've now that you've faced your fears on, it actually wasn't that scary, not as scary as you imagined it to be. Now compare this to the hours and hours of grief that we sometimes give ourselves when we actively avoid a task that needs to be done or we refuse to take action because we're worried about some negative emotion taking place. Us worrying about that negative emotion is worse than the negative emotion taking place. I mean, how is it better that that negative emotion that you imagine in your head? How could that be better than the negative emotion that you're experiencing in real life? One is real, one you can cope with, and one is imagined, one you can't do anything about. You can't do anything about things that you imagine in your head because they haven't come to pass yet. You can only deal with the things that are right now happening because when you have all the puzzle pieces, you can solve a puzzle. But when you don't have all the puzzle pieces, when you have some missing or it's far off in the future, it's just like having a 2000 piece puzzle and missing pieces. You're never going to put it together properly. You need to have all the puzzle pieces in place. And if you are going to go to the effort of imagining how a scenario is going to play out in your head, let's just say, okay, you're going to think about an event. Why not choose to focus on the positive version of what could happen? Why do we constantly think about the worst case scenario? Why not imagine yourself instead feeling really confident and enthusiastic and doing it well or just simply trying your best? 
You are honestly the director of those stories you make up in your head. So why not make yourself the hero of that story instead of a hopeless victim who can't do anything right? Why not imagine the best for yourself? So picking yourself up when you fall down and why not whisper words of reassurance in your ear, just like you would do for your best friend? Now, there's actually another part of the quote that I think it's also really important to note, and it's this. No heart has ever suffered when it goes in search of its dreams. Now, I almost get like little goosebumps when I hear that because what it means to me is that even if you do experience some negative emotion or discomfort chasing your dreams, that negative emotion is experienced differently when you're doing it for a greater good. So that feeling of embarrassment, let's just say that when you do something new and you maybe don't get it right, even if you don't do it well, it actually feels really good at the same time because you're secretly really proud of yourself. Like you're giving yourself a pat on the back for having courage. When you're actually doing it in real life and not in your head, you know that that temporary negative emotion that you experienced was a necessary stepping stone to get you where you need to go. And in the end, it isn't as so terrible as you initially imagined it would be. It's always so much easier. And just to end this lesson, I want to mention one more quote from the book and it goes like this. Intense, unexpected suffering passes more quickly than suffering that is apparently bearable. The latter goes on for years and years and without our noticing, eats away at our souls until one day we're no longer able to free ourselves from the bitterness and it stays with us for the rest of our lives. And that feeling is a suffering that we feel when we are regretful and disappointed in ourselves. And it would have been so much easier just to take action. So this brings us to lesson number four. You need to listen to your heart. So this is another big lesson that I learned from the alchemist. You need to listen to your heart. Now, have you actually ever stopped to hear what your heart has to say to you? I promise you, if you were silent enough and you actually stopped to pay it attention, your heart actually has something that it wants you to know and it wants you to listen. So there's this really long quote from the book that I'm going to read out for you now. And it goes like this. Why do we need to listen to our hearts, the boy asked, when they made camp that day? Because wherever your heart is, that is where you'll find your treasure. But my heart is agitated, the boy said. It has its dreams, it gets emotional, it becomes passionate over a woman of the desert. It asks things of me and it keeps me up from sleeping many nights when I'm thinking about her. And the reply was, well, that's good. Your heart is alive. Keep listening to what it has to say. Remember that wherever your heart is, that is where you'll find your treasure. And you'll never be able to escape your heart. Okay, it's locked inside your body. So it's best to listen to what it has to say. So now that you've heard that, think about that for a moment, just that question. What does your heart have to say to you? And do you pay attention to it? Is there anything that you are ignoring? And do you know what your purpose is in this world? So I always like to say, like, imagine yourself far from the future, like really, really old and thinking back and reflecting over your life and asking yourself, what is it that you hope to achieve in your life? Your heart probably has those answers right now, but you just need to listen to it. So for some, it might be chasing a big business dream. For others, it might be nurturing a loving family. There's no right and wrong way of like saying what your treasure will be. We all have different things that our hearts want out of life. And the treasure that we're hoping to find will look different for every single individual in this world. And that's okay. All you need to know is what your own treasure looks like and what your heart is telling you. And that is a fabulous lesson. And just a few more quotes that he mentions, because he has like so many fabulous quotes in this book. It's whoever you are or whatever it is that you do, when you really want something, it's because that desire originated in the soul of your universe. It's your mission on earth. Everyone on earth has a treasure that awaits them. 
and every blessing ignored becomes a curse. So this, there's this other section of the book. I hope it's okay to read to you as well because I love it. And it goes as follows. The boy didn't know what a personal legend was. It's what you've always wanted to accomplish. Everyone when they're young knows what their personal legend is. And at that point in their lives, everything is clear and everything is possible for them. They are not afraid to dream and to yearn for everything that they would like to see happen to them in their lives. But as time passes, a mysterious force begins to convince them that it's impossible for them to realize their personal legend. And I think I've spoken about that before, that I always knew that I wanted to be a writer when I was younger. And it's really true, like young kids, their dreams feel like, of course, they're going to happen. They know what they want to happen in their life and they don't doubt it for a second. And it's only as we get older that we start to listen to other people, listen to society, listen to what our parents want and what everyone else expects of us rather than listening to, guess what, our own heart. It all comes back down to that. And this takes us to our final lesson, number five life will test you. So this is another lesson that I learned. And I think that you've all probably discovered this in life already. In order to move forward, you were going to need to make a decision and you're going to need to take action and you need to be prepared that life is going to test you along the way. So there is, of course, a quote that illustrates this so eloquently in the book, and it goes like this. Making a decision was only the beginning of things. When someone makes a decision, he is really diving into a strong current that will carry him to places that he'd never even dreamed of when he first made that decision. There is only one way to learn, and it is through action. Everything you need to know, you have learned through your journey. So before a dream can be realized, the soul of the world tests everything that was learned along the way. It does this not because it's evil, but so that we can, in addition to realizing our dreams, master the lessons we've learned as we've moved towards that dream. And that's the point at which most people give up. It's the point at which, as we say in the language of the desert, one dies of thirst just when the palm trees have appeared on the horizon. Gosh, okay. Life is honestly so much easier when you know that there are going to be these tests and that there will be these challenges. Most of us give up too soon. Or as Paulo Coelho said, most people see the world as a threatening place and because they do, the world turns out indeed to be a threatening place. So people aren't even aware of what they're capable of. They aren't actually conscious of the fact that at any point in time, they can actually achieve what they want to achieve if they just focus on the dreams and take action. They aren't always aware of the fact that they're stuck. You stay stuck when you're standing still and that that's actually a choice that you're making. Indecision is a conscious choice you make when you decide not to do something. When you decide not to take action, that is a choice rather than taking action. And a lot of people give up too early because they think that things are tough without realizing just how close they are to achieving their dreams. So just consider two more following quotes. Everything you need to know you have learned through your journey. You've already learned what you need to know. And the second is the secret is here in the present. If you just pay attention to the present, you can improve upon it. And if you improve upon the present, what comes later will also be better. So as Paulo Coelho so wisely said, when each day is the same as the next, it's because people fail to recognize the good things that happen in their lives every single day. Every single day that the sun rises, something good will have happened. You just need to look for it. People fail to see the things that they could have been doing and instead they're so focused on what they don't want to do. They stay focused on their fears, on their excuses and holding tight onto that victim mentality where they just convince themselves that everything is just too hard without realizing that they are actually being hard on themselves by refusing to let go of that belief. It's a choice and that's a choice that you're making when you say that things are impossible rather than realizing that anything is actually possible for you. Anything is possible for you when you take these five lessons into account. So for me, those lessons are 
realizing that everything happens for a reason. That was lesson number one. Number two was understanding that failure is a necessary part of the journey. Number three was accepting that the act of worrying about suffering is actually worse than the act of suffering itself. Four was don't forget to listen to your heart. And the final one was accepting that life is full of tests that you need to face head on before you can take the next step on your journey. So just take a moment to consider Paulo Coelho's own journey in life. He is a living example of how never giving up on your dream is what makes that dream come to life. So he was born back in 1947 and he wrote The Alchemist when he was 40 years old. And back then he was a little known Brazilian author who published this simple but incredibly wise book called The Alchemist, a fable about a young shepherd in search of treasure. So he actually wrote this book in just two weeks. Can you believe it? And he knew in his heart of hearts it was destined to be a massive success. But you know what happened? His first publisher dropped the book after a year and released the rights back to him. But he didn't let this signal the end of his writing career. In fact, he told Oprah on his first ever interview on American TV that there was this one sentence from that book that changed the course of his life forever. And the sentence in that book says, when you want something, the whole universe conspires to help you. That's what he said to Oprah. And he said, I wrote this and I have to live by these words. So Coelho refused to give up on his dreams. He kept knocking on the doors of publishers. And as he said himself, the first door that I knocked, the guy opened, a very important publishing house in Brazil. And I said, I have a book that was published and it did not sell, but I trust this book is going to sell. And the guy said, okay, I'm going to publish it. And now just look at how the book has grown. The Alchemist has sold around 150 million copies. And back in 2016, the book had spent at that point 400 continuous weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. I'm not kidding, 400 continuous weeks. It's also been translated into around 80 different languages and it holds a Guinness World Record for the most translated book by any living author. I mean, isn't that incredible? Just the fact that he believed in his words. He believed that the universe was conspiring to help him. And my gosh, it did. And in the interview, he goes on to say, three years later when the book had sold half a million copies in Brazil, I asked him, why did you accept a book that was already published and it was a flop? And he said, I don't know. You understand? And I think that we all understand that that is the beauty of the alchemist. The fact that we can all apply the same lessons to our life and make amazing things happen when we hold strong to our truth. Just like that little young shepherd, Santiago, who learned to follow the signs and the omens of his own life and was finally able to find that treasure that he was seeking, treasure that was beyond his wildest dreams. He'd never imagined something so fabulous coming to fruition, but it did. So once again, if you haven't read this book, go out and read it. And if you have read it, consider reading it again and allow these incredible lessons to guide your life today. Now, as always, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I love and appreciate every one of you, and I cannot wait to have you here with me again on the next episode. I will catch you then. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you really loved it, you can show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. For more inspiration, head over to dreambigmyfriend.com, where you will find even more content for all the dreamers out there. Until next time, dream big, my friend.